Hello and welcome to the Mastercast, the official podcast of Games Master Magazine, and I believe the only podcast that's about video games. Um, yeah, literally the only one ever. The I'll, only podcast ever about video games. I don't believe anyone has ever tried this before. Oh, um, well, I am yet to, I am yet to Google it, but um, I'm just going on my own personal knowledge. Okay. Um, my name is Robin Valentine. I'm the production editor on the magazine, uh, and I don't like search engines. Ben Griffin is also here. Ben Griffin, that's me. He's the senior staff writer on the magazine, and I'm also my, my USP is an appreciation of video games. That's my claim to fame. Well done. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but this is a man who enjoys video games and yep. talks about them on a podcast. Uh, Mr. Matt Gilman is also here. Yes, hello there. He's the editor of the magazine. Do you, do you and, like uh, video games as well? Uh, no. Good. Matt doesn't like video games, which I think provides a unique <laughs> conflict on the podcast. He's the foil. Uh, and I'm completely neutral to them because I've never played one. So, um, <laughs> so you've only got one true video game fan on the podcast. Well, as our one me. true video game fan, Ben... Yes. Why don't you tell us about one true video game that you are a fan of? Well, I'm quite into a, a little game called Forza Horizon 3. It's a racing game, and that's a genre of games where you play around in cars. I tell play you, around <laughs> in cars. Or otherwise you or race, race them. them. <laughs> Sometimes known as racing. <laughs> but to be fair, it is a, a game where you play a lot, and I'll tell you why. Forza is a series which started out on the track, and you'd play... Uh, you have a few laps of a circuit. Motorsport, right? Motorsport. Forza Horizon 3 uh, is an open world game, and it's set in Australia, and you can you can race around uh, as much as your heart's content, and you find new races and events to do in the field, and you drive up to them, and then you can start them. The concept with this is, in the last two Horizons, you were kind of a competit- competitor in a kind of Glastonbury, but for vehicles, this one. Oh, Glastonbury, but for vehicles. It's like, like, it was like a festival. It's like a, fest- like yeah. a, like the a hori- racing festival. The Horizon Festival is for like extreme racing kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. people bring their cars and they have events and they drink so the, beer. This one's in Australia. The this last two were in... The first one was in a, like middle, middle America. Right. Um, I think like Ohio and that kind of right. thing. Uh, and the other one was in Europe kind of the Europe, like Mediterranean, Italy, oh, okay. France. So it's like lush kind of... And the third one is is the same, like kind of lush, kind of beautiful. Well, I have to say, like visually, Australia seems like the most uh, stunning location they've been to so far. I mean, just watching you play it, it's an amazing open world. It's the Xbox One. uh, The last two were on Xbox 360, and this Mm. is the Xbox One, so it looks amazing. Um, And when you think of Australia, you think like you know, dusty outback most of the time. But this is a condensed take, so it only takes a few minutes to race from the outback to the rainforest Mm. to the. Uh, the the coast, yeah. and it, it's also got like a, a big city in there called. Um, it's, I think it's called Byron Bay or Service Paradise, some, somewhere like that. Is it a real city? It's, you know, or? it's not. It's not real. It's like kind of a skewed like take a, on it. Yeah. But it's it definitely convinces as Australia as someone who's never been to Australia. It convinces <laughs> me because you know it's got like the satellite array. Uh, it's got a, a, a massive like. It's probably got the best sky I've ever seen in a video game. Mm, Apparently, what they that. did is they recorded. Uh, they put they set cameras out under the sky for months, just let them to record the sky, and they've got you know a really realistic transition between an amazing starry night to a day to like different cloud patterns that were actually in a, Australia. Does it have a proper day night cycle? Yeah, and actually it it's really cool because some of the events go from you know night to day or day to night uh, in the space of a single race. So. In, let me give you an example of an event. There's loads of different types of events in Forza, but mm. one of them I was racing a little dirt buggy around um, a track in the outback, mm. and it was like it started out a nice sunny day, like one one p.m. and the sun was shining. Suddenly, like a little drop came on my windscreen, and then a few more drops, and then my windscreen wipers started going madly and like wiping off the rain that was pouring down. It got really grey, and then um, the big lightning storm started happening. Mm. Like lightning flashed. And by the end, there was puddles collecting in the in the uh, in the road, and I was splashing through them. And I thought, yeah, this is a very good game. Yeah, I got I got to say, like as someone who doesn't necessarily play a lot of racing games, yes, like very occasionally one will come along, which I feel like I have to play. Like Burnout Paradise was probably the last one. Oh, the, do you like Burnout Paradise? This love feels this. like that the the time has come to 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 get stuck into a racing game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got it's come. got me excited, and and I'm. I'm probably even less of a racing fan mm. than you, Matt. Mm. I mean, I, I also 
um, played Burnout Paradise because yeah. bloody everyone played Burnout Paradise. <laughs> right. What a game. Um, but uh, in general, I'm not a huge racing fan. But, like, I mean, this game, visually it's amazing. And, like, it just looks like such a big, fun place to just mess it's, about in and drive about it's in. It's fun. The, the atmosphere is, just, is so laid back. Uh, basically, That's that Aussie you, charm. Yeah, you know, they... They what do they say in Australia? No worries. Uh, <laughs> that's, what they say in Australia. Yeah. that's the only place they say that. Yep. As well. Yeah, yeah. They, they say no worries uh, until uh, uh, for the end of your days, don't they? That's um, that's Lion King, right? Um, but anyway, what, Akuna, you, Akuna Matata. Yeah, I think you've that's got, Australian. That, <laughs> I think that's Africa. But anyway, you've you've got um, <laughs> you've got so much rain over the festival this time because you're the manager now. Oh, okay. So you're not the competitor, you're the manager, and you get to... This is like Animal Crossing when you become mayor. Yeah, kind of. You you get to... Uh, you get to <laughs> make... Instead of shitsies. You, <laughs> you get to actually make events, and that's thanks to a new feature called The Blueprint. And here is where you um, decide the car, you decide the route, you decide you know the time of day, uh, whether you've got collisions on or not, and you make this blueprint, uh, and you can share it online, or you can race it yourself. And this is actually, instead of racing the set templates that you know the developers set for you, right. so if you don't like a race, you can just make your own. Oh, you no. don't have you to. Can, you you can't can... really... So, it's like... It's kind of like, like, like... You're choosing like set routes, though, right? It's not like yeah. you can like, draw out your route. You, it's not like You Mario can't draw out your route, oh. so you don't get a huge free reign Still, over though, that. Very cool. But, yeah, it's like, for instance, I there was there was one race, um, like a, a, a mad charge for a jungle in a... In a, like a Lamborghini, set to you know uh, just a song I never heard of. What I did instead, I because uh, I've uh, I've got like a code for a warthog because um, if you've played Halo, they'll give you like a, a little, little bonus warthog yeah, vehicle. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I downloaded that and I thought, okay, I'm going to use my warthog around this. And you know, what? I don't like the song. I'm going to use my own song, so I I picked uh, DMX's X Gone Give It To You, and I just charged through the jungle in my warthog, and oh, I was like, <laughs> it, does. Yeah, it really like does. This. It does. I, I also like as, as someone who is not a big fan of Halo and not a big fan of Forza, watching or DMX. Ben... <laughs> what well, big fan of DMX, but, um, but watching, watching Ben drive around in the Warthog in Forza, I was like weirdly joyful. It's something very. It, it gets even better as well because the level of customization in Forza Horizon, it's amazing. Like you can customize every single car, even the Warthog, if you want to. You can, you know, you can paint the rims gold if you want to. There's there's three different. Uh, Species of rims? I don't know. How you cla- that's like yeah, those species. That's the yeah, yeah. yeah, they are sentient. Like, yeah, I think like I found some of those rims. in No Man's Sky. <laughs> and uh, you can have like um, you can you can paint the car. You know, you can put like wood paneling on the car, so it looks like it's made made of wood. You can put steel floor. You know, that's kind of steel floor with the raised bumps in it. That, like um, what's it called? Like it's cor- not carbon corrugated. fiber. It's, um, Kind of like a grate. Oh, grating. what's it called? Um, like corrugated iron. No, yeah. no, no. Mm. Like, um, like that really super modern looking uh, uh, texture. Um, it's not common fiber. It's got like carbon in it somewhere. somewhere it's it? it's, it's something like that. I think I you know no what we're talking about. You'd, you'd recognize it if you saw it. Like, uh, it, uh, it still mesh almost. It reminds me of like Deus Ex. Lots of things in Deus Ex have this texture. It's kind of like okay. the, I associate it with like sleek future modern things. Right. Yeah, and you can make a little 1956 BMW i setter. In, out of the metal that. that you associate with nice sleek future things, yeah. you can make a nice or you can make a warthog auto. out of wood. Nice. Or you can, or you can paint army camo on a nice Lamborghini Centaro. Mm. Just make it, you know, you can have winter army camo. Just you can make have it horrible. Forest army camo. You can, you can make the tires massive if you want to. You nice. can make them small. Does okay. that affect the handling? It does. Yeah. You can. Uh, well, that, that's a, like a, a whole different. Um, Species. What are you talking Species. Have you recently seen the film Species? And now you, you've got what a film? Well, what's her name? In Natal- your brain? Natasha Henstridge. Natasha Henstridge. I don't know that. <laughs> That's well. a very so deep cut. You've, you've got the you've got the customization aspect, which I which I love. And also, let me just say, you can make your horn. You can make the horn sound like a cowbell. You can make it sound. 
you can make it do the wedding, the funeral march. You can make it do the, the wedding. It's I, I, I sat I sat in the office the other day and listened to him go down the menu of the horns, and it was quite <laughs> amazing. What was that? You can do Le Cucaracha if you yeah, want. Yeah, you can go. I couldn't decide whether it was the best or the worst thing I'd ever seen in a game. Although, I mean, I then decided the worst thing I'd ever seen in the game was the fact that you could set your name to Bantosaurus Rex. Oh yeah, that's another thing. The the narrator actually calls you Bantosaurus Rex when you set your name to it. That's it. I'm out. I've, All the like, goodwill I had. Like, Hello, Bantosaurus Rex. <laughs> yeah. The race is ready for you. Yeah, uh, or you could be called Was that Bort. Brian Cox? <laughs> yeah, that was my impression of Brian Cox. Bantosaurus Rex. Rex. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the universe is Bantosaurus Rexes. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, just the, the level of personalization and customization is great. And that's even before you start tink- tinkering with the handling. You can... Uh, you know, I don't like to get into all this stuff. It's, this is a level beyond me. I just like the visual stuff. But you can, you know, mess with the brake differentials and, and mess with the gearing and the alignment and stuff. And if you don't like messing with that stuff, you can either choose a template that Horizon team has set for you, yeah. an auto upgrade, which they're giving you the best, the, the very best part within a specific class. So you don't, you don't raise other class. You can make it the best in its current class. Mm-hmm. Or you can look online and people have created their own custom templates. And they've messed, they've tinkered with all the numbers for you, so you don't have to. And you can download them. And if you want like a car that's really good for drifting, say you want like a, a BMW that you want to drift around with, mm. you can download a template, an, an upgraded template that is tuned towards drifting. If you awesome. want to use it to go very fast, you can, you, you know, you can download one that's very fast, or you can just buy a faster car. If you've got loads of money. And here's is another it, thing wait, that's good. Is, wait, wait, microtransactions. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, okay, I'm talking about in-game currency. Ooh, oh, and there oh, are lots mama. of ways. There's, there are lots of ways to get in-game currency. There's an auction house. And what I've, what I've been doing, this is very cheeky. I've been going into the paint, Ooh. the paint uh, mode <laughs> and painting my car's gold. Paint doesn't cost any money. It just looks really expensive. So I bought like a really cheap car, painted it gold, set it at auction for like 50,000. And these suckers, they've been they've been buying my gold cars off me, even though they didn't cost me anything, just because they look so nice. So I've been every time I come in, I got a little pop up message saying, uh, "We've got a little your your car sold really well." And I go in and collect all my money, and I've been making a lot of money out of that. These fools! That, that's it. You've you've fools gold. You've, you've just set you you know you've told the world your scam. Yeah, now they'll that's all know. That's it. Now they're going to oh, the that's... market's going to be flooded with like gold, gold cars, like Skodas. That's no one's it. listening. Uh, <laughs> but cut that. There's just there's just so much you can do. As soon as you, it's, but it's not overwhelming. You you look on the map and there's um there's something called PR challenges, and this is this ties into the the world uh in a way like it. The context is you complete these PR challenges, you get more fans because you get more exposure because you're doing crazy things in a car. Uh, for instance, you one of the PR challenges is ramping off a kind of you know jump and seeing how far you can get. Another one is driving past a speed camera as fast as you can. That that was in Horizon well, One. That feels like that's been in quite a few games. Yeah, so. but the the way that it's responsible. Don't do that in real life. Yeah, don't do any of this don't in real life. Home. Don't no. paint your car gold. But the, the, <laughs> or, or the, the way it. it just like the way you could be driving down the street. Okay, there's a speed camera camera up ahead. Step on the gas. Oh, now you've maybe got some you've got some fans for doing that and being very responsible. This is this is tapping into your Twitter follower thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. I, I yeah, I, lo- I love it because you, you keep getting fans, and the more fans you get, the more you can. Well, say so you reach a certain level of fans, and this is the structure of the game. Then your handler Anna, I think she's like the bit your like kind of secretary kind of person. She says, "Okay, you got enough fans to open in a new territory and expand your festival, so you can drive to um, you know the the bay, open a, a new Horizon festival there. And by the end, you've got different Horizon festival sites lit, um, you know, spread around Australia." And you can fast travel to them if you want. I've got a question about this, though. Go on. So if you're the head of the festival, if you're the the, run, the person who runs the Horizon Festival, mm. but you're also competing in all the races and presumably winning most of them, Yeah. I mean, are you not... Is there not a corruption problem there? I mean, if, if this happened in real life, interest. Yeah. people would be saying, well, of course he wins all the races. He runs the thing. He's... he's, he's... Well, take Richard this Branson, for instance. He owns that... Um, he owns the balloon business. Yeah, he kept getting in those balloons and trying to cross um, the Atlantic and the balloons, didn't he? Um, that was ages ago. I'm misremembering. That's it, a really good does point. He, does he own all balloons? Then? Yeah, it's all yeah. balloons. Oh, I didn't know that. But he, he, no, do you know what? The guy in Horizon, he just wants to have fun. He owns a lot of stuff. 
Much like that girls. Doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to have fun. Um, Are we talking about Bandosaurus Rex? No, that's that's not his that, name. That's not. His, that's it's his not like the canon name. That's just one of the ones you can pick. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So that, it's like Fallout. There's a big list of names that you can right, have spoken about. Okay. So you can also be bought. You can be bought. You can just be Matt if you want to. Oh. But there's always a fun in that. Well, you can be bro. You can be Matt. Quite a lot of fun, being, a lot Matt, of fun being Matt. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. But yeah. it, just the, the 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 first time you turn the game on, and you've got uh, Anna saying, "Okay, if you want to do a your circuit race head here, if you want to do a point to point head here." There's so many things you can do at any one time, like at least a dozen things. And if you don't like something set for you, create your own. And that's even before multiplayer, which is seamless. It's 12 player uh, online. You can either just use a D-pad and join a free roam session. Uh, you can do something called Horizon Adventure, where the where you enter like a 12 man lobby, and the game feeds you a list of events, and you can vote vote on them. Mm. Um, or you can do um, you can join a club, which is it's it's like a like a clan, and people tag their their club with what they're interested in. Like, okay, this is the club for like serious Forza fans. This is the club for people who don't really care, and uh, this is the club for drifting fanatics or whatever. Gold lovers. This is the club for car lovers. Did you say Gold dog lovers? Oh, dog lovers. Gold diggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, if you like dogs, join this club. If you like cars, join this club. <laughs> And I, you know, you, you can have hundreds of members there, and that, that always that's good because it always has like a big list of people, and you can challenge them at any one time, and you know that you're going to have a, a good time because hey, everyone here is like minded and they like dogs and cars. Well, it's safe to say that it sounds like you're having a pretty good time with this game. Do you know the standout feature though? Go on. The music, the music's so good. It's I don't think there's a, a, ever been a, a a better game that. There's never been a better game. There's never been a better game. I don't think there's been a game that truly understands that the power of music better than Forza Horizon 3. Whoa! Whoa! It's, Whoa. it's so good. Whoa. Whoa! What about Guitar Hero? Whoa! Oh, okay. What? <laughs> Guitar Hero? <laughs> that was so quick. It that took almost nothing like, to destroy you. That was like three woes. <laughs> that, you were convinced. That wouldn't, that wouldn't exist without the music. The, in the case of Forza Horizon 3, music more like really elevates the experience. So, for instance, you've you've got eight radio stations in all, and as you progress through the game, you get to sign them. You you kind of sign a radio station. Uh, but these are tracks as, that other that, these aren't tracks built for the game. These are tracks that these exist. are real tracks. Yeah, there's like that, this is what I mean. Like like the, when you say it's the only game that or the best game that understands what how music can elevate a game. Surely yeah. that 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 like. I wouldn't say it's the only game that understands. Right, right, right. Other oh, games, yeah. but like the best. Well. Like, say, say, say that about like games who the, the games that have music crafted specifically to. Like I'm thinking things like everybody's gone to the Rapture, where like the music makes the experience of playing it that much more because the music's crafted. I, I will for grant them. you that other games, but like you could listen to that music in. on your iPod whilst I, I whilst playing like, Need for Speed or something. Licensed music used well. Can oh yeah, def- be definitely. Brilliant. I like, agree. Yeah. I agree. De- totally. Like, um, I think like Spec Ops Line did it with like licensed Jimi Hendrix yeah. tracks and stuff. Yeah, but it can, um, it can be it can be amazing. Mm. Uh, yeah, Forza Horizon is definitely not the first one to do this. I was, I was exaggerating. <laughs> I was getting carried away. But let me tell you the list of bands in here, and you can say yes or no if you like them or. Well, can opinion. I say? Uh, is there something I can say if I don't know who you're talking about? Say pass. Pass. <laughs> okay. Pass. Years and years. Pass. pass. Churches. Yes. Yes. The 1975. Pass. Pass. Run DMC. Yes. yes. Beastie Boys. Yes. DMX. Yes. Yes. Beethoven. Yeah. Sure. See, he's got something. I mean, that was that was no nos. A lot of yeses. A couple of passes. Yeah. You got you got synth pop. You got you got hip hop. All you got killer. Opera. Some filler. <laughs> well, no, no I mean, some, some potential want to not in there. Based on based on how killer the ones I'd heard of are, it makes me excited to hear the ones that I hadn't heard of. And and this is the thing that the presence of music is so big here because not only are you tuning into the radio stations, you're setting your own tracks to color the events that you customize. And, you know, if you listen to uh, Galantis, Runaway by Galantis, as you're driving... How does that go? I want to run away. Wait. Yes. No, something about that. But <laughs> Pass. That, that completely <laughs> changes the flavor of, a, of an event compared to if you were listening to the Beastie Boys while you were doing it. Mm. Oh, man. It's, it's so good. Uh, and they've really thought about how music shapes the experience here because 
as you're driving through the outback sometimes, you get a bit of static on the radio like you would in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when you're driving between events and you just sound something amazing, like race a steam train or... Pass. <laughs> That's not a band. Yes. If you've done something amazing, <laughs> the radio DJ will actually commentate on what you've done. He says, he's like, oh, it's getting crazy in Australia. I just saw someone race a bloody steam train, mate. That Bantosaurus Rex. Crikey. <laughs> was he's that, was that a name your, for himself. Was that your Australian accent? Or? No, I was just having a stroke. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, the, the, like, music is so considered in this game, and I, you really have to play with headphones on. Wow, okay. you do. That's Ben okay. Griffin's top tip. Yeah. Play it with headphones on. Or but do play it. Do play it. Whatever mm. you do. I'm, I'm not saying it's a perfect game, though. You know, going back to what we said about the blueprints, you can't... You have to pick from specific routes. You can't fashion your own route. And also, although the handling's really good, and it's like s- simulation handling, and I've, all that s- stuff about the alignment and the gears and the, the differentials and all that, crashing still sucks. Crashing still feels like there's a big force order on your car. Mm. At damage uh, uh, is almost... You know, I wouldn't. I don't want to say non-existent, but when you crash a car 100 miles per hour in real life, you're just you, you know see some stuff. You see some crumpled chassis and stuff. Mm. But in this game, it's like Pass. it hasn't it hasn't Crum- evolved. Crum- yeah, chassis. <laughs> and I understand why they haven't done massive damage in a in a game. Yes, in a car game. It's, what I'm all I'm hearing is Burnout Paradise is still better. Crashes are better, definitely. But yeah. Forza Horizon, it's a great racing game, and I don't know where racing games can go from here. Whoa. You don't because, know because I don't want to go back to a closed circuit anymore. I want to, I, I want to go to these awesome open worlds and race around with my mates, my non-existent car racing Your mates. mates? <laughs> yeah, I, circuit closed circuit racing games like Gran Turismo. I don't know. They've lost you. What can they do from here? What can they do from here? Well, as a challenge to you, Gran Turismo devs, what can you do from here? Ooh. Well, it's, 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 I'm always glad to hear you so excited about a game, Griffin. Not not that you're ever like moody about games but it's nice to see this uh, that's the power of music this amazing passion for this game but Matt you uh, you've also been enjoying a game recently despite us having established earlier that you do not like games hmm. um, there is a game recently that you were telling me that you uh, were having good experience with yeah so despite yourself so almost. yeah well yeah this is the, like so when it first came out I played Fallout 4 and Fallout I... 4 that's that's really old. Why oh, are we talking about Fallout 4? Right, what? But um, I bounced off it quite hard because I found it, like, uh, and for all of its qualities, I just found it a very depressing game to play. Like, the 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 world to me was just, just looked really ugly. And, like, I think, like, in terms of design, there were things that, things that were always great about Fallout, like the like black comedy kind of like element 50s, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's all fine, like the old kind of style of cars and, and houses and things. It's all fine. It's just like, it just looks really muddy and, and kind of unappetizing to kind of... Like when you... You know when... I think I keep thinking of back at, back to like first leaving the sewer in oblivion and seeing the the, or the world for the first time and being like, oh, I can't wait to explore this place. And, and then thinking of leaving the vault in Fallout 4 and being like, okay... I guess I'll begin then, and it being just kind of like grey and horrible experience. But I've What's started playing. I've I've just started playing it again um, this time with with mods with uh, on Xbox One. So obviously, uh, Xbox One version of the game, uh, you can now install mods. So I have basically installed a bunch of of different mods to to make the core game just. Better all the way through. Like I've I've installed like uh, I think something called like Springtime Mod, which makes grass look like grass, not just some weird green texture that's kind of plastered on everything. It's got like like actual like blades, wind, like blades of grass blowing in the wind. It's got flowers and fauna and everything. Um, the trees are greener as well. They're not just like branches, like horrible branches. Exactly right. And then you've I've got um, I've got like camp campsite mod, which lets you like build your own little campsite as you're exploring the world. I've got like uh, different different types of armor mods beyond the kind of standard ones that are that are just in the base game. I've got like companion mods to to put other companions who aren't just the ones in the base game. I've got other like just kind of quality of life mods like like there's a there's a snap build mod which makes um, you know there's a lot of base building kind of stuff yeah. in in Fallout 4. Uh, it makes makes the act of doing that just like a hundred percent less like fudgy and fiddly and everything it's just made the whole experience of playing it that much better and it's nothing it's the core game is the same 
It's just it's weird. It's like the equivalent of like if you're playing on on uh, any any game on PC and you turn the settings down to like as uh, as low as they can go so that you can run it on like a standard PC and play that game and then turn it all the way up and play it on like ultra settings on like a really powerful PC. It's like it feels like that kind of discrepancy of like I could play play the game as in, in as high quality a fashion as possible with a bunch of these mods on or this kind of base like lowest you know possible quality uh, game and it's it's weird to me that that's like go on <laughs> go on I'm quite interested it's deflating I I play on PC with right with my mods yeah. and I'm wondering how do they run more special effects minded mods on the Xbox because there's only so much power you've got on the Xbox for instance I, I've I got this no mod idea. I've got this mod <laughs> where no um, you can have as many followers as you want so you can have a dozen followers mm. obviously it's limited to two is it two followers on consoles or one? I, pff, I think it's just the one. Isn't so, it? can can that be a mod on the Xbox? Can you have I think a, the mods a limited on followers? Xbox are moderated? To some they extent. are, yeah. They moderate the mods so that they uh, they presumably they try them out, and if there's something where it, uh, I mean, I assume they also say like try at your own risk to a certain mm, extent. Yeah, yeah. But oh, like, yeah, but yeah, like, crash. they'll um, they'll probably try them out, and if it's something that just completely tanks performance, presumably <laughs> they just don't allow it. On I, the, yeah, I've got they, this mod like, that like makes nukes. Realistic size. So if you use a, a mini, like a fat fat boy, mm. then you the ensuing explosion is like a mile wide. That's amazing. And it, and it leaves the place like permanently radioactive. So I don't, uh, don't think I've seen that in in Fallout Four yet. I don't think you want to use that on console. No, probably not. When, when you have massive explosions in Fallout Four, the, the frame rate like, does is yeah. as damaged as the buildings. Yeah. I would say. But I mean, the the reason why I I bring this up is because. Not not like massively recently, but but recently enough to be worth chatting about. You um, said butts twice. I did, but Bethesda kind of came out and said that modding on consoles obviously is already here on Xbox One. It's not going to be coming to PS4, oh, which for me is, is a kind of big deal. Yeah, go on. I was going to read out their statement because I think it's. Uh, it's uh, I think it's quite an interesting statement from them. Mm. Um, After months of discussion with Sony, we regret to say that while we have long been ready to offer mod support on PS4... I'm doing a little background music while you... Sony has informed us they will not approve user mods the way they should work, where users can do anything they want for either Fallout 4 or Skyrim Special Edition. So this affects Skyrim as well, the upcoming Skyrim Special Edition. Like you, we are disappointed by Sony's decision given the considerable time and effort we've put into this project and the amount of time our fans have wanted for mod support to arrive. Because remember, this was promised a long time ago at this mm, point. This yeah. has been promised from the yeah. start. We consider this an important initiative, and we hope to find other ways user mods can be uh, available for our PlayStation audience. And they have recently said um, on Twitter, uh, I can't remember who, but someone at Bethesda has said, we're still looking into alternative ways that we can do this. Uh, Tony Robinson. Um, what? Tony Robinson. Tony Robinson, yeah. What, Time Team? That was, that was his name. Anyway, carry on. However, until Sony will allow us to offer proper mod support for PS4, that content for Fallout 4 and Skyrim on PlayStation 4 will not be available. We will provide an update if and when this situation changes. Mm. Uh, Well, if that situation has changed by the time you're listening to this podcast, then I guess disregard the conversation. Hopefully it's not relevant. But um, I thought that was interesting because you don't often see... I mean, basically they've come out and said, we've done what we can, it's Sony's fault. Which is not really something that companies usually will come out and say. Usually they'll come out and say, oh, you know technical problems. Da, 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 da. I mean, they talk about considerable time and effort we've put into this project. So I can yeah. imagine someone being yeah. quite salty at it, it being like... told no after having worked on it for so long. This yeah. feels like... You could have um, told me earlier. This yeah, feels exactly. like leaning on Sony. To mm. me. Because yeah. it, it reminds me of, um, like, uh, like, you know, the Deadpool movie. Mm. They were struggling behind the scenes to get the Deadpool movie made for ages. And um, Ryan Reynolds, at some point, just deliberately leaked like test footage online. I, I, it was either Ryan Reynolds or someone else. Well, yeah, he never kind of admitted to having. But he been was basically he would go on talk shows and be like, "Someone leaked the footage." <laughs> yeah. That's my impression of Ryan Reynolds. It's <laughs> oh, oh, no! I'm um, Van Wilder. Uh, and then basically, they 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 sort of utilised all of the fan reaction to that to kind of lean on. The... Lean on Sony. Yeah. <laughs> when you I, I don't think it's Sony in this situation. <laughs> when you've when got mods. <laughs> but to lean on the executives and kind of be like, oh, people want this, and kind of paint the studio as the bad guys for not greenlighting it and mm. stuff, you know. And this reminds me of that, where it feels like they're kind of being like, like this is their last inch attempt to kind of strong arm Sony into doing what they want. Mm. Um, which, I mean, it's for the sake of the fans getting what they want. But um, at the same time, it's quite a surprising thing to, and, to, to read. And, you know, Microsoft have, have done it, so I don't. 
it it would be a different thing if Microsoft said no as well. But Sony being the only holdout, I don't see what the problem is. I, I obviously there's the problem with like you can make really adult content, and that's not really allowed on on consoles. You can you can it's you hard, know it's harder to moderate it. It's harder to moderate, I, and yeah. you can use like different license. You can you know put lightsabers in a game or make players dress up as Darth Vader. And that's not really good. I think I think console. it kind of it, it makes me think of like the difference between Google and Google Play and Apple and the App Store. In that, like How's Apple, that? Apple will like rigorously moderate every single thing on their on the yeah. App Store, and they they will there's like an approval process, all this stuff. They'll get the ban hammer out, and ban people for making clone apps and for making different types of things. Not necessarily to the degree that certain developers would like, but like there, there's a degree of control that they wield over the App Store mm. that over on Google Play, it's it just feels like a much, uh, a, you know, whether open. or not it's a good thing, it feels much more open in that like there's a lot of like stuff that wouldn't exist on 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 the App Store. So for example, you see like emulators for Android devices that you that you wouldn't see on the App Store because Apple are on top of it. And I see like Microsoft looking at perhaps looking at the the Xbox. Uh, you know, marketplace online, and thinking we want it to be free. We want it to be a place where people can do whatever they, whatever they, whatever they want to have the freedom to to put whatever they want on. A bit like I guess like Steam and Greenlight or whatever. That's why they've got game preview mode. That's why they've got all of this stuff coming. Whereas Sony with PSN want to ensure, much like Apple does with the App Store, that they still wield certain, a certain degree of control over it, like that they still have approval on. What's happening and when? There's still this like this this, this certain like uh, certainly when we when we're when we're looking to get review code early, there's certainly this like, approval process. We have to wait for that code to go through. It might be ready. The game might be ready, but it has to go through an approval process before it's ready to download even on PSN. Even for like people who have the code before release or before the servers have switched. Does it on. come down to fastidiousness? Well, I suspect it, this also ties into. I feel like Sony has always been very nervous about giving users any way of creating something, like creating a program that they can un- then upload to their PS4 and mm. do stuff with. Mm. Because basically, it start, it, I think from their perspective, it opens a window into piracy. Mm. Because, I mean, it, it, well, maybe I'm just not aware of it anymore, but I feel like I feel like when, when it was like the 360 PS3 era, mm. a lot of people were like, were like cracking their consoles and running and playing pirated games on them and stuff. Yeah, and um, especially the 360. I remember people not having a lot of bother doing that, like it mm. not being a particularly difficult thing to do. And I feel like I feel like Microsoft, like especially now because they're, um, uh, I don't think they see the Xbox as a closed platform. I mm. think they see Xbox yeah. as one part of their big ecosystem, which includes. PCs, which includes Windows operating system, they're trying to unify everything, and then that, and they're therefore that much more open. And I think probably a lot, a lot less afraid of piracy. Mm. Whereas I think Sony is a lot more about we've got to control our ecosystem, we've got to keep this locked down, mm. and we've got to make sure that people don't crack their PS4s and start running whatever they want on them. Basically, mm. yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah, I, I think so, that's Sony's, probably a big part of it. Sony's just the, the, you know, they've got their console and they've got the TV, whereas Microsoft do have the the whole PC side, so they're a lot more experienced with that. That's so that's a good point. I can see Sony's side of the. the I suspect now. what has happened here is, is Bethesda have gone to Sony and said, like early on in the process, they've gone to uh, Sony and said, "We want to put mods on consoles." And Sony have said, "Yeah, great." And yeah. then and then Bethesda, then much further down the line, Bethesda have gone to Sony and been like, "Right, let's hash out how we're going to do mods on consoles. We want to do this." And Sony's gone, "No, no, you can't do that." Mm. They go, "Right, we want to do this." Oh, no, no, you can't do that. They go, "Right, uh, we want to allow players to." to Get in and do this. No, 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 that's not going to happen. Mm. And then Bethesda have come away and said, "Right, well, the the the, the sliver of things that we are allowed to do, we're not happy with." Mm. So, um, uh, the other thing as well to consider is probably Bethesda are very aware of fans hungering for mods, and they don't want that ire on them. Yeah, because if it's not their fault, it isn't fair that that the promises they've made they can't keep. Yeah, I agree. You know, so I'd be seething. I think they Bethesda showed remarkable restraint. By not, um, <laughs> not windmilling into and... Sony HQ <laughs> with keys in fists, ready to take out the first That's what I'll be Sony employee I, I think, receptionist. I, I think this statement is a little bit... Uh, childish? No, not childish, but it, I think it's not quite throwing Sony, Sony under the bus, but I think it's a little bit like... It's salty. Yeah, it's a little bit much. I think, I think for when two uh, businesses have a professional relationship... 
I think kind of airing their dirty laundry in public like this, it it, it doesn't sit quite right with me. So I can see where Bethesda is coming from. I can see where Sony is coming from. I think this statement was maybe a little bit. But if the statement was like there will be no mods on on PS4, end stop, everyone would want want to know the exact reason why because they were promised them. So yeah, so in a way, honest, Bethesda had no no real choice. They had they had to say, look, there's no mods on consoles. This is the reason why. And the, if the reason is Sony said we're not allowed to do it, and ultimately there's no way around that, and uh, you know we're looking at other options, but ultimately there's no other way around it. They can't really say anything else. I think like the tone of it, like you say, like again, can can it be can it can that tone be avoided? Like well, like like it... you, we are disappointed. They have to acknowledge fans' disappointment, and they they ultimately if it isn't their fault it's not really fair that that disappointment gets aimed at them so they're kind well, of I, I siphoning do, it off I do think that the potential positive side of this is that I, as I say I suspect the intention of this is to try and put a bit of pressure on Sony to mm, maybe mm. back off on a few bits and if that is the intention then I suspect it's for the right reasons I suspect mm. it's because they want to do right by fans they want to yeah. give people the full modding experience and they feel this is the way that they could maybe achieve that. I mean, this might be, this is this is it. This is like, they've had their very last meeting with Sony, and they're like, right, well, we've got no other options. Mm. The only thing we can do is 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 kind of lean on them publicly a little bit. But And it, if we ultimately do get modding on PS4, I mean, it sounds like it really adds to the experience. So, um, it really yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah, going back to, to what you were saying about, about mods, like, they transformed your whole experience. Like you mm. wouldn't even play Fallout Four if it wasn't for the mods. Now. No, no. This this is the point. Like I, I kind of like I said, I bounced off the game a little bit. I mean, I, I appreciate the things that were good about it, but maybe just like not for me because of, like I said, this 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 world being so kind of grim and horrible and not not. I mean, uh, you know, and, and depressing to kind of explore. You can and dress just, all like, the death claws up as Randy Savage. Exactly. Like, right? That could that like, could make on. or break the game. I would say yeah. as well. Like I really hope. I hope modding on consoles becomes more of a thing because, mm. particularly, XCOM Two, which is coming to the consoles yes, now, yes, yes, yes. I think that the experience of XCOM Two is immeasurably improved by. I mean, I think it's a brilliant base game, mm. but the modding community for that game because they opened it up so much, they made it so uh, easy to for people to get in there and mod, and they they um, they were really really open to the community getting involved. The amount of I mean, it's like having an endless library of free DLC, like top, and, yeah. and there's there's stuff people have made that is completely top, you know, DLC quality yeah. content. Wait, this I, is, I this saw is a Krogan in XCOM. Like yeah, you a, can put that this, this is the thing. Like the, the idea is that like to, to mod. I mean, you say like it's incredibly easy, but you still need to know what you're doing to even begin modding. Oh, I mean, relatively. So. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like you get like like some Mario Maker level that any old uh, you know. Guys like put together, uh, you know, uh, whatever. It's like you need to have a base knowledge of how this stuff works to even start building it. So the 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 sense is that every like there's much more stuff that's like worth taking a look at. There's not there's not a lot of like fluff. There's not a lot of stuff that people don't build things and let and put the time into building it. Generally speaking, for for the big games like XCOM or whatever, unless there's something worth improving that they can that they can do, right? I imagine that'd be the case. I'm sure there are lots of rubbish. Is there a lot of rubbish? But... Well, XCOM and the thing 2? with XCOM 2, actually, as much as you say, like, oh, you do need to know what you're doing, in a way, you kind of don't with XCOM 2, because um, if a game... I do think this is important that more developers do this going forward. Like, if you build your game with modders in mind, hmm. you can make it... You can make the sort of innards of your game a lot more readable. Hmm. And XCOM 2's um, actual code is full of... Basically, if you go into, like, your install files and stuff, it's full of, like, text docs that literally just say things like rifle damage equals 10 or something mm. and you can just go in and type in 20 and all the rifles do double damage mm. like it, it's it's um it's a it's deliberately made to be like you i mean obviously you have to know you know where am i going to find these files yeah, like yeah. but um but modding can be made like very easy but anyway the um i think a lot of it is just to do with your approach to the community i think if you reach out to the community and and make it clear that you want them to get involved mm. then people will get involved. Like, modding is all about community, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, Anyway, I'd love to see more of that on console. and Because um, mm. uh, otherwise, I think, in some ways, you're getting a... Uh, you know, you get you can be getting a bit of a lesser experience. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're playing Fallout 4 on PS4 right now, you're missing out on, on a hell of a lot. You're, you're missing it. out on 4K Pip-Boys. You're missing <laughs> out on, um, you know, Preston Garvey having no mouth. <laughs> so he can't talk to you. You're missing out on bloatflies oh, that swear like Ozzy Osbourne. You're missing out on turning every texture in the game into a picture of Nicolas Cage's face. Yeah, you're missing um, a big 
snowball weapon that can fire huge snowballs. There you go. And who doesn't want that? <laughs> um, Alan Partridge there. <laughs> doesn't want that. But speaking of community, we've got a little community of our own. Yay. It's called the Games Master Readers. <laughs> Plural. It's cool. Yep, there are more than one. <laughs> and we always love to hear questions from them. And uh, if you would like to be part of this community, just uh, send us an email at uh, gamesmaster at futurenet.com. Sorry, that's futurenet.com. I feel I enunciated very well there. No, you uh, said future debt. Future debt. Future debt. <laughs> um, uh, or you can head to our Facebook page, uh, just type in Gamesmaster in the search bar, or you can go to our Twitter page, at Gamesmaster, um, and you can ask us a question, much like Scott Jones did on Facebook. Uh, he asked us, would a Telltale game of Groundhog Day work? And I thought I'd sort of expand this out a little bit. Good question. The Bill Murray movie, right? The Bill Murray. I assume he's talking about the Bill Murray uh, Not the movie, day. rather than just the holiday. <laughs> but uh, I thought we could expand this out a little bit into. Um, I mean, I think it's we could talk about that, but also what other movies and TV shows might be. Good okay, so so before we go into Groundhog Day, go on. for for readers or, or listeners who who aren't necessarily familiar with the film, should we set up what it, what it actually is? Most people know what the film is. Gra- I don't know. Like, Groundhog okay, Day. Was, Bill Murray. a while ago. Plays an, a newsreader that discovers he uh, he's living the same day over and over again yeah. and he can't get out of it what's the what's the the famous song on the radio that plays every morning when he wakes can't up get out of it no no it's like i can't remember oh but no. yeah he's he, he's like <laughs> gone i got you babe oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. It. That's it, yeah, yeah. And he, he wakes up every day and the same songs playing on the radio and the same events are happening yeah, yeah. and when he steps off the uh the curb there's a the puddle there but he learns over the course of like thousands of days it's implied that's thousands of days that he can he, he can like learn and and learn the patterns of the day and by the end he's like a master ice sculpture because he's used every day to sculpt to its fullest ice. and yeah and he learns a little something mm, about, about love living life to the fullest mm. but you know i i was thinking about this would a would a, a groundhog day game work i don't know about you but i feel a lot of games already use the groundhog day kind of uh, structure because Hitman for example mm. Hitman is almost like Groundhog Day you go into a level yeah, yeah. You, and you see where all the patterns are and you see you know the, the, the walking um, paths of all the NPCs you learn them and then you restart the level and you go back and then you see what's happening over there mm. and then you, you keep playing the same exact same level over and over again and then you try and do it perfectly I, li- I like the idea of a Hitman ex- except in like Groundhog Day where the op- the objective isn't necessarily to kill someone, but to like woo them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be quite cool. Or like get one over on them. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you stepped into a puddle. Yeah, like embarrass them. I actually feel like this. this <laughs> yes. I feel like like Groundhog Day could make a really, really good game, but maybe not a Telltale game, actually. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. I think the thing about a Telltale game is that it's like, it's episodic and it's like always moving forward and mm. it's relatively linear. Mm. I mean, obviously you have your branching paths and stuff, but it's relatively linear. And um, and I feel like the thing about Groundhog Day is it should be if you're gonna make a Groundhog Day needs to be a Groundhog Day game, hmm. it should be like a big open area simulation that just runs yeah. every day. Hitman. And then you well, yeah, like Hitman, like you and you you do all the little things and those have all the little effects and stuff hmm. and then the day resets and you've got to go through again. Um so it should be like one contained game, I think. Yeah. But I think that could be really fun. Hmm. I, t- I I like that. It's like it it's like a world and you start it up and then it's all going and everything's happening. Uh, in the in the same way, but you won't notice it until you like. Okay, I've gone over to the garden, and there's like a man uh, talking to to the gardener, and I can go over there and I can spend my day looking at this conversation, or I could spend my day going over to the the bedroom and spying on you know the the two people in the bedroom. Uh, this has got I mean, the really mecha- the mechanic kind of. Do you want to do you want to follow no, that? Up, Robin? Oh, just, follow no, that? no, I've just had a, a revelation. Go on. Are you going to talk about Majora's Mask? Yeah. So it's exactly yeah, what I was Majora's Mask. Yeah, yeah. It's basically Majora's Mask except, except with Bill Murray. Is what the ground. Oh, is. Majora's Mask with Bill Murray. <laughs> what a pitch. <laughs> oh. Bill Murray is the moon. Stop but digging, you've struck gold. <laughs> there's, there's like a, I, I, I like the allure of a game oh, it's where it's like, it's like really short, but Bill Murray. it's endlessly replayable. That's it's the I'm moon. Yeah, Sorry, Bill... man, I, I did appreciate the point you were making there. No, I, 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 like, I like a game that's like, it's, it's short, but it's endlessly replayable, and there's something going on. Yeah. And you, you take one line for it, hmm. you restart it, you take another line for it. You said, yeah. so, like, we were talking about the Telltale thing. It's like, the interesting thing about Telltale games is once you play through them once... If you do play through them a second time, that it breaks. Like yeah. the illusion of yeah. your path through that story completely breaks because you start to see all the seams, you see all the formula, the flow charts that work, how they've built the 
how they built the game. And the idea is that you don't see that. You just see, oh, this is a character I like, and this is what's happened to them. Like, uh, you know, if you if you ever like finish a, an episode and there's like this huge like <gasps> like revelation or whatever, and then you go and look at like the, know, the wiki plot summary of like what the other option would have led to. Yeah, it's always fun. disappointing. It's always yeah. like, oh, it just leads to the same place, but with slightly slightly tweaked because ultimately they can only make so much game for you to see, and and they don't want you to like miss out on. 50, 60, 70% of what they've built purely because you made a certain decision, right? Yeah, I'm kind of having that at the moment with... Uh, uh, I won't spoil anything, but I got to the this end of... Batman. Uh, I got to the end of Batman Episode 2 recently, and um, there is a thing that... There is a choice you make at the end of Batman Episode 2, mm. which has what, at the time, seems to be, like, like a colossal decision. Mm. Like, it, well, not... Like, the decision itself is a colossal, but one of the possible outcomes of the decision seems completely bonkers crazy to me that, like... That like you could, that you could decide that at that point if you see mm-hmm. what I mean. Like that some people could experience that thing happening, and some people could experience it not happening. And like it feels like, whoa, episode three is going to be completely different based on what happened. But then you're like, but I've been burned before. <laughs> it's not going to be completely different. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I think the Telltale games are still very good, but mm. like you, you do feel like like it's not going to change that much. No, and, but, and, but and, if you have like a proper like simulation, yeah. things can change because if you have things actually be reactive to what you're doing and, mm. and like everything's kind of following its own AI and its own sort of mechanisms and stuff, yeah. um, then things can be that much more reactive. So you were going to expand this off into a larger question. What film or TV show would make a great Telltale game? Do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking um, The Office. You know, <laughs> the UK the office. office. Yeah, and you've got like a little office and you can talk with all your all your people and I like the idea that there's dialogue choices so you don't just get one Ricky Gervais-ism you got you got like three or four on the screen so you play Ricky Gervais in there. Well, you, you play David you Brent. play Ricky Gervais and you can say things like um, under weaknesses you've put eczema or you could see what else he would have said in that scenario <laughs> <laughs> so you want to see sort of deleted scenes from your favourite TV show but in yeah, the form of a game because you're obviously only for two seasons and this one uh, in this one it's like it's like it lasts for ages, and you've got triple the amount of dialogue. I mean, but I, I was thinking that until I thought of something better, because that's not a very good idea. I don't think. Oh, you should have left the better one. <laughs> the better one is the West Wing. It's my favorite TV show. Whoa! And imagine like a, 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 a like a political drama. Yeah, yeah I was a, thinking like a game, House like of a Cards dialogue or something driven. like that. Yeah, and the, the thing I like about West Wing is that the the characters all seem like geniuses, and you're watching like a collection of geniuses, like. Butt heads mm. over and over again, and who's the who's the more genius one? I, they're all geniuses, mm. and it's always it's like a stalemate. It's like let's all just get along. <laughs> it's like this is the genius uh, imposing poli- political uh, scriptwriter. This is the genius uh, media handler, and they're all geniuses in their fields, and they're all like sharing all their uh, advice and their wisdom and their disagreeing on politics, but with like sorking s levels of like wit and humour. I love it. I want to play a West Wing game. Hmm. I'd be up for that. Uh, I'm, I I want a Jonathan Creek. Oh, that's such a good shout. Yeah. Just like imagine that solving little impossible mysteries. For episode one, impossible mystery, locked, <laughs> locked room, murder, what happened. And then for the rest of the uh, series, you're puzzling it out. Each episode has a little, its own little mystery that you solve yep. on, on your way to solving the grand, you know, grand locked room at the start. Oh, I miss Jonathan Creek. Brilliant. Season five is on Netflix now. Oh, I do you remember that mystery? On. This is ages ago. I watched it when I was like I remembered 10. It. I there was this mystery where... The, <laughs> I just love Jonathan <laughs> Creek. Old <laughs> Creek went up into the uh, room and um, there was a, a, a dead body in a cupboard. And he opened it. Oh, dead body. How did this get here? Yeah, the yeah. room's been locked. Uh, it's always locked. The room's been locked. How did the body get people in, in People in Jonathan Creek's universe are really like they're really good at remembering to lock the door when they leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to spoil anything about this, this fifteen was in year old one. mystery, <laughs> like nineteen ninety seven. The lady actually ha- was feeling very like low. She, she got, had like a headache yeah. and she was feeling quite ill. She went into a cupboard to have a little nap. The builders what? moved it upstairs. It's not what happened. It's not, it's not, it's <laughs> not what I remember it. It's not what the happened. The builders moved the cupboard upstairs and she ended up dying in the cupboard. So that's how she got in the cupboard. So what happened, Robin, <laughs> right. was that... Um, You're saying that's not correct. So, so there was... Uh, I like you said spoilers and then just said there was the a, wrong. There was, I can't believe we're going to have... This is going to take like 10 minutes to explain on the podcast. But there was a... Cu- there, Mad- Maddie, like another character in Jonathan How Street, do you remember had, this? Because I literally watched it like... 
last week. All oh, right. <laughs> the Mastercast, your uh, your only podcast for in depth Jonathan Creek chat every week. <laughs> so there was a there was a, 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 a wardrobe that Maddie gets ordered. It's it's delivered to her, but the delivery men see that she lives on like the fourth floor or whatever. Like, mm. wait, we're not carrying it up there. We can't be bothered. So they make a run for it. She opens the wardrobe, looks inside, and it's empty, and goes, "Wow, this is a lovely wardrobe." Closes the door, realizes they've all buggered off. It's like, oh, now I'm going to have to move this cupboard upstairs. This guy that she met in the pub or blind date or whatever comes and helps her lift the wardrobe up the step flight of stairs. They get it to the top of the flight of stairs. She opens it up. There's a dead body inside of a woman. Yeah. Right? Who, one of the people that she was trying to help solve a mystery or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how did the body get in there? It was empty at the bottom floor. They moved it up the four, four, four flights Classic and suddenly there's a bunch of bodies in there. And the reason that their body's in there, spoilers, yeah. is because this woman was coming to see Maddie and as she was, um, coming to see her, uh, or like as she was leaving the house that, that morning, she got hit on the head by a pipe on uh, from like the the scaffolding outside of her house. There was some renovation work going on. Yes. She felt like dozy or whatever, uh, but was fine or felt fine. And then went to see Maddie, realised that uh, she was going to get spotted by someone or whatever. Went to hide in the wardrobe after Maddie had looked in it. Right, she was like n- n- nosing around in Maddie's house or oh, something. Okay. Jumped in the wardrobe to hide, and then when Maddie came in, opened it, she died oh, because of the concussion. Concu- concussion. Wow. I can just imagine Jonathan like looking up at the scaffolding and seeing the missing bit and going like, "It's literally what." Well, he goes to the house, sees a bit of scaffolding on the floor, is like, "Hmm, oh, hmm, this the is lady be on in the, the floor." Must have been hit by yeah, it. and then she had a like head wound. Or well, let me but just they say, thought she'd been hit like by that, a assailant. That mystery has been playing on my mind for fifteen years, mm. and you've just solved it. You you, uh, I mean, they solved it in the episode. <laughs> so if you watched the end of the episode... Hold on, Matt just worked out the mystery. <laughs> Matt's Jonathan Creek. It's a 15-year-old murder that no one's ever been able to solve. <laughs> this has been like time travelling. Mm. Like, for me, that, that mystery it's is all on Netflix. decades old. Go and, and watch it. it last week. Yeah, right, Jonathan Creek is well worth going back to. Yeah, it holds yeah, up extremely because, well. Because like, if I hadn't spoiled it for you, you'd have watched that episode and been like, oh, you have no idea what's <laughs> going to happen. And probably you still will be like that. Because I'm you'll bummed. forget it instantly I'm when we leave the room. Um, Jonathan Creek is a brilliant show, and mm. uh, there aren't enough detectives like Jonathan Creek on television anymore. Is, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, screw Inspector Morse. Um, I mean, also not on television anymore. Although Endeavor's quite a good TV show, you should watch that. It's on Netflix that. as well. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I similar similar theme, uh, sort of detective theme, I guess. I'd really like to see a Jessica Jones Telltale game. Well, there is a Marvel Telltale game in the works. Though, there is. It? I suspect it'll probably. It's supposed to be Spider Man. I think. Is it? I think that was what, but they said that ages ago. They said, like, we're working on a Marvel game for, like, 2019 or something. Mm. But I think at the time they said Spider-Man, which I do think would also be a good fit, because I mm. think I think that, that um, <laughs> I do think there are some writers at Telltale that, that are really good at, at like, um, like, sort of Fun. quippy, funny dialogue, mm. and I yeah. think Spider-Man's the right hero for that. Mm. But, um, but I think with Jessica Jones, they, um, uh, if you haven't watched Jessica Jones, it's a, a, a really good Marvel, uh, uh, TV show on Netflix, um, grown up Marvel. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's sort of a more mature Marvel sort of thing, and uh, it's one of my favourite TV shows of, of like the last few years. I think it's brilliant, but it has this very like like noir tone with like really kind of lurid colours, almost like a like a uh, like an old fashioned comic book, mm. like really like like sharp contrasts and like characters have kind of like particular um, colour themes to them and stuff like that, and um, it reminds me of. The Wolf Among Us, which I remember booting up the first episode of The Wolf Among Us mm. and like just being really struck by the visual style yeah, of that. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of visual style gels really well with Telltale's artistic sensibilities. And I feel like when they've tried to do stuff that's a bit more like... Game of Friends. Well, like when they've tried to do stuff in a different style, it hasn't really worked. Like I think the Game Game of Thrones is a good example where they tried to make it into almost like a watercolor look, mm. and it looked pants. To be it, honest, it, it didn't have anything to do with Game of Thrones. It, it just felt. Uh, well, it did. No, I mean, I mean like the, the visuals. The oh visuals yeah, you know, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I do like their their style, but yeah, I th- I th- I think they need to pick things that suit. Yeah, um, and Spider Man, I think, is a good pick. Hmm. Yeah, I think you could Maybe. do a really and fun Jessica Jones as well. I, yeah, yeah I, I guess it would make sense if the if the Tales from the Borderlands team was working on their next on the next thing that we I don't, don't know even about. know what the teams are now because there's so many games. They work yeah, so it'd be, many it would be handy if there was like if if it was like this is Telltale A, Telltale B. This is, it was the, like this is the this is the good one. This is the bad one. I think yeah, it's all yeah. muddled yeah. up now because I'm playing Batman at the moment, and it's it's very much half brilliant, half pants mm. like the the uh story the overall story structure is really good 
but the individual scenes are often really bad because mm. the dialogue's not very good and it feels like they never really know how to get from one scene to the other. They're kind of just like, it would just be like, oh, I guess I guess Batman like randomly gets this bit of evidence and mm. there's literally a bit in episode two which is like, you know in the old Adam West TV show when it would be like, <laughs> you know in the old TV how? show when it would be like, like hold on, uh, someone's left a, a tiny model car at the scene. Holy tiny model cars, Batman. When they'd be like, they'd be like, car, cars have wheels, wheels. Like, wheels are on bicycles as well. Bicycles come from England. It's the Penguin, or something like that. Yeah. Some incredibly tortured lo- loop of logic that makes no it's sense like whatsoever. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and and there's literally a moment in this um, Telltale Batman, and I'm not going to spoil anything, I'll talk about it very vaguely, but there's literally a moment where a character says, um, um, oh yeah, the person who did it said this word. And it's just one word. It's like a perfectly normal word. And then, um, and then Batman goes... Hold on, I know someone else who said that word recently. <laughs> it must be him. And it's like, uh, the... can, you, can you tell us the word? It's no, it's I don't like... want. I don't want to say the word. Is it like riddles? Uh, no, riddles. no, but it's not. Quite <laughs> as, it's not quite as bad as that. It's but the it's, ri- it's the but penguin. It, but it's a perfectly common word that anyone might just say in conversation. And like, and Batman's just like, I've immediately decided it's definitely that guy who's like the mm. baddie. And it's such a leap of logic. Wait, leap, <laughs> leap of logic, of logic. yeah, logic puzzle. Puzzle. It's the <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, Chris Schilling uh, put it very well. Um, uh, a very good games writer who sometimes writes for us, but he put it very well when he said, um, uh, "All the pieces end up in the right place, but the moves uh, are where it falls apart." Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not sure. So maybe, maybe actually, the answer to this question is: um, I don't want Telltale to start any more projects because they need to really focus in on what they're doing at the moment. Mm, finish what's busy, on your plate. Yeah, exactly. You going for another dessert. helping? Are you going for a Groundhog Day Jonathan Creek dessert? Oh, I think Jonathan Creek is the winner here. He literally got us talking about Jonathan Creek for about Hey-o. ten minutes. Thanks, Scott Jones. Thanks for that, Scott. There's just one order of business left to address before uh, before we finish off the podcast. Um, and that is, and it's a sad bit of news. Mm. But uh, this is the last time on this podcast that you'll be hearing from Matt Gilman, uh, unless he comes on as a guest. Um, <laughs> so you make it sound like I'm going to die. <laughs> he's not dying. Uh, no, I'm not. But dying. almost as bad. He's uh, he's becoming editor of official Xbox. Magazine. Yes. So I'll I'll be heading off for Pastures New very shortly. So uh, I just want to say thank you very much to all the GM readers for for picking up the mag whilst I've been. Working on it, it's, I think we figured out it's like fifty-nine issues since I've been since I've been working on it, wow. That's um, amazing. which is a long old time to work on anything. It's like four years and a bit. It is, uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope to kind of still be involved somehow, somewhere, some well, distant time that's in the up future. To us, really, yeah, that is true. So I hope uh, you'll have me back <laughs> at some point, like you say, as a guest um, to chat stuff. I'm sure I speak for all the readers and for me and Ben. When I say that, well, you'll be sorely missed. Um, uh, I think you've uh, done some brilliant work on this magazine, and uh, the issue that's on shelves now is chock a block with Matt's brilliant words on uh, Final Fantasy XV. And I think you'll read that, and you'll be a little bit melancholy that he's no longer writing for the magazine. Aww. But, um, well, but thanks, yeah. man, and thanks. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I echo Robert's sentiments. Cool. Thanks, guys. And I guess go and. Go and pick up the Xbox magazine. Oh, no, I thought you were going to say go. No, no. <laughs> go then. Bye. Yeah, you just Get off with you. Uh, I guess uh, go and pick up official Xbox magazine. Yes, please do. Not, just the same not at the expense of Games Master. Yeah, no. Game Master first. Yeah. Um, and uh, for the next issue, at least, uh, I'll be steering the ship um, and uh, expect all the same great content. Hmm. Except, I guess, not the same because... Uh, it won't be Matt writing it, but there will still be loads of brilliant content, and I think actually we've already got Matt lined up to do a little bit of uh, writing for this issue anyway, so his his face won't be entirely absent anyway, and um, yeah, certainly I'd love to uh, uh, make sure that Matt continues to write wonderful words for us in the future. No worries. Um, So it's a final goodbye from Matt Gilman. Bye everyone. Oh, hold on, I haven't haven't done the Twitter Twitter handles, have I? Uh, But Matt's already said goodbye, so he's not allowed to speak from now on. Bah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can, fading, <laughs> fading off into the ether there. Uh, I believe I've already said uh, how you can get in touch with us uh, the ma- out on the mag, um, and I refuse to repeat it. But if you want to get in touch with us personally, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, at Robin L Valentine. Ben, how do they find you on Twitter? 
You can get in contact with me at Game Griffin on Twitter. And uh, Matt... The ghost re- of Matt. Matt is reachable at, uh, um, at Gmaniacal. But uh, don't tweet him anymore. Because he's not on Games Master. <laughs> <laughs> and he never reads his tweets anyway. That is true. But, uh, but yeah, too now busy is... watching Jonathan Creek. <laughs> what a way to spend your time. Also true. Uh, yeah, if, I, I just want to put one last little plug in for Jonathan Creek. If, you, <laughs> if you're not watching it, get out there and uh, start watching. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, uh, so I guess now you can finish your final goodbye, Matt. Bye, everyone. And it's a goodbye from me as well. Not the final goodbye. You'll hear from me next time as well. One of many goodbyes from me, Ben Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Well.